In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us bow down in humility at the power and grandeur of the Holy Spirit. Let us worship the Holy Trinity and give glory today to the Paraclete, our Advocate. O Holy Spirit, by your power, Christ was raised from the dead to save us all. By your grace, miracles are performed in Jesus' name. By your love, we are protected from evil. And so we ask with humility and a beggar's heart for your gift of joy within us. All of the saints are marked with an uncompromisable joy in times of trial, difficulty, and pain. Give us, O Holy Spirit, the joy that surpasses all understanding, that we may live as a witness to your love and fidelity. Holy Spirit, we ask for the grace of. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, and welcome to the Heal, Equip, and Release podcast. I'm your host, Karen Cruz. Through my work as a licensed counselor, I have developed a passion and hunger to see more women set free as they are healed, equipped, and released into their God-given identity and purpose. Scripture tells us that God has made each one of us with a specific plan and purpose in mind, and His plan for our lives is meant to lead us to a future of hope, blessing, and unshakable peace. However, today many of us find that we are far from experiencing this promise in our daily lives. The truth is that we are in a war, and the battle plan of our enemy is to wound us in such a way that we miss out on the fullness of God's vision for our lives. In this podcast, I will help you explore and experience the love, truth, beauty, and goodness of God that has the power to heal your heart, renew your mind, reignite your spirit, and set you free to joyfully fulfill the unique mission God has placed on your life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast today. So excited to be with you guys, just continuing this novena to the Holy Spirit, um, just really getting hungry for more of God in our lives and just willing to stop and recognize the movement of the Spirit in our lives in a just personal and tangible way. And so each day, you guys know, I've been, been uh, interviewing somebody new. And today, I'm excited to introduce you guys to a friend of mine, um, actually, who's uh, a lot of you have heard of, Carrie Gress, um, uh, wife, mother, author, uh, so many different things, extraordinaire. <laughs> but I'm so excited to have you here, Carrie, just to to hear a little bit from you and just how the Holy Spirit has been moving and has moved, is continuing to move um, in your life. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. This is really fun. I don't normally talk about this topic, so it's uh, it's kind of fun to, to think about totally new aspect of, uh, you know, what's what's happening in my life that, that hardly ever gets highlighted. So thanks. Yeah, right? I mean, the Holy Spirit is one of those that I think sometimes it's like kind of hidden. Sometimes we don't always talk about it, but I'm like, let's do it. This is the one Jesus said, it is better if I go, because then I will send the Spirit. It's like, yeah, yeah. really? Is that no, just like the apostles? I'm like, really? It's better if you go? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. So Carrie, yeah, can introduce yourself a little bit. Um, so I'm not that you necessarily need an introduction, but for those who might not know, tell us a little yeah, about yourself. Happy yeah. to. 
tell people a little bit more about myself. Um, I have got five kids. I homeschool a few of them and um, others go to school. I am an author of just my 10th book is coming out soon. Uh, Theology of Home at the Sea that I've co-authored with Noel Mearing and um, Noel and I've also created uh, a whole platform that's both a blog as well as a store for Catholic women. Um, I've really become convicted since I wrote the book, The Anti-Mary Exposed, that mm. this has been a big gaping hole in the culture that we're not really helping women understand the, their vocation both on a spiritual level, but even on a practical level, um, how that looks on a daily basis. You know, we've got all these adulting classes that are happening because people just don't know um, how to live out their life, much less how to live it out as Catholics. So that's what our blog does. And then um, we have a whole line of um, home goods and products that we sell at our mercantile that um, it's been really fun. We, we start out with candles, but we just keep expanding um, largely because we keep hearing, you know, people keep buying these things that there's just no one doing what we're doing in the Catholic market. Um, I just did an interview actually last weekend and the interviewer said, you know, you just got rid of the kitsch. And I was like, yeah, that's what the goal has been is to just get rid of um, the kitsch because that's not an authentically Catholic piece of the culture kitsch didn't you know we've perfected it maybe as catholics but it's not really part of the original kitsch. vision i'm missing what is kitsch sorry i live under a rock it's like that junk that you buy that's you know jesus that's made in china oh yes uh, okay the um you know kitsch is a, thank you for that <laughs> it's been perfected at you know tourist sites if you go to lourdes in fact anytime anybody goes to lourdes i'm like find the kitschiest thing you can get for me and i've had people bring me back the, the a lighter I've had someone else bring me back like the snow globe with yes. our floors you know that's kit so um that's what we don't do and um it's it's been really fun to just um try to bring beautiful things to marketplace that people then can gift or they can fill their homes with and feel like there's really kind of just even a hint of our logo or you know which is a representation of our lady um in their home and and what it is and you know as they live out their daily lives so that's kind of, and I have a PhD in philosophy, I guess. Um, I finished that several years ago and have obviously taken another path out of academics and just doing something that's a lot more fun than, um, you know, researching deep in the archives of libraries. So just so clear, the Holy Spirit is moving through you and obviously your devotion to the Blessed Mother. I mean, it all goes together. So um, I'm just so excited just to hear from you um, about this. You know, I think it's really interesting because I, I've thought a lot about the Holy Spirit over the years. You know, one of the first things that I noticed when I was a young woman after I had a, a really deep conversion, um, it was deep, but it was very it didn't seem deep at the time because it's just so gradual. And it just I kept going deeper and deeper. But um but I would notice like there would be little patterns that would happen of the Holy Okay. I think the Holy Spirit's teaching me about this right now. You know, X is happening. I would sort of encounter. And I think that's pretty common. Um, you know, that people have that experience where you're like, okay, I'm just learning this lesson right now. Like I just need to kind of focus on this, whether it's something keeps coming up in scripture or something, you know, you listen to what people are saying, or, you know, it's just a pattern in your life um, happens. But um, it's been really, and it's actually especially fun um, and fascinating to me that when I'm writing books, because um, especially when I wrote the Marian option, uh, because I had so little time to write that book, I was, you know, I had a two-year-old, a four-year-old, a six and maybe seven-year-old at that time. And we were redoing, renovating our house. And I had this hard deadline because we needed to get the book out by a feast of Our Lady of, of uh, Fatima. And um, 
it was just one of these things where I, you know, every time I turned around, there was like another book would come into my life or somehow I'd make a connection to this and that. And, and it, when you read that book, you can see a lot of those connections. I mean, this is just, you know, fast. And most of that stuff I didn't, that's in the, the, the Marian option. I didn't know before, you know, there was all these connections between Our Lady of Guadalupe in Spain and Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico, and then back to Our Lady of Lepanto. And, you know, it was just to see, you know, how the Holy Spirit has moved on this broad scale. Um, and that, you know, here it was all brought to me as I'm doing, doing research. So, um, anyway, I think that's, that is the, really the fun thing is just to sort of see the finger of the Holy Spirit, like, okay, now you need to work on this and focus on that. And, um, but with our, the, the main projects I'm working on, you know, certainly theology of home, this was something that, you know, if someone told me five years ago that I would have done all of these things with it, I, I would just laugh to them because, it all started with just a, a blog called My Favorite Catholic Things. And I just loved writing this blog. I, you know, I only did it for a few months until we changed the change, the format into something else. But um, I would make these posts about, you know, a beautiful church I had just seen in South Dakota or, you know, my favorite, this beautiful um, apothecary in Rome that dates back to the Dominicans from the 13th century and all these just fascinating places that we have in the church that nobody really talks about unless there's some somehow in the news. Um, but a lot of these places aren't really newsworthy. They're just interesting and fun and, you know, great for gifts or mementos or souvenirs. In fact, I still have in my bathroom from when I lived in Rome, um, a soap dish and a cup that I keep my toothbrush in from that apothecary shop. So anyway, Santa Maria Novello is the name of it. But, um, but I was having so much fun with it. And that was one of the things that was really interesting to me too, was that, you know, I almost felt guilty, like, okay, I've got to stop writing these blog posts. I need to go do my serious work. And I, I was writing the anti-Mary at that time too, and kind of deep in the, in the trenches yeah. of the research. So you can imagine how much more fun it was to sort of dig through these things than it was to, um, you know, be researching about all these awful things that radical feminists are doing in our culture. But in any event, I think um, that was a real kind of flair for me in terms of just saying like, wait a minute, fun isn't bad. Like there, I think we often, um, you know, we can get to that point where we, we forget that how important and vital that is. I think, especially for women, if you look at what draws women, what we get excited about, you know, there's usually an element of fun and something that sort of sparks the imagination and gets us interested in things. And um, we're not really doing a lot of that. I think, you know, as, as Catholics on a lot of levels. So anyway, this is, I, I think been part and parcel of the project has been this um, kind of note of, of joy and fun and laughter. Um, you know, those are really essential elements to our daily lives and, and they need to be there and they need to be present. And they need to be, you know, part of the charism of what it is that we're doing. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, so it's, my husband and I joke, you know, it's like, we've been driving backwards down a dark alley and, you know, next thing, something else crops up and, um, you know, something we never dreamed or expected and here we are. So yeah, it's been, it's been pretty amazing to kind of watch, um, watch all of it. But I think more than anything that uh, one of the things that I love is just that the Holy Spirit's always out in front, you know, this idea of being prepared and preparation and kind of him waiting for me to catch up with him um, is really exciting. Cause I think a lot of times we sort of feel like, what am I doing? You know, you're sort of out in this wasteland or you're, you're grasping, you know, you're sort of in a fog and don't know what God is calling you to do, or you don't know which way to turn. 
And then you sort of take some steps forward and then you're like, oh, the Holy Spirit was clearly already here because you can sort of see those signature marks. You know, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit and his preparation yeah. for us enough. Um, we talk about the other gifts of the Spirit, but that's, um, and I'm sure you could talk preparation into one of those gifts, but um, it seems like really beautiful one when you, uh, you know, realize, yeah. okay, he's so out in front and I'm just catching up. And all of these things that I thought were just contingent upon me, we're already pr- you know, taking care. So I love that. And one thing that really sticks out, a few things stick out from what you just said, but just the, what makes your heart like come alive? Like what you, what is fun for you? Like is something to pay attention to and not just brush off as not important because we are, we have a good father who actually wants us to enjoy our lives. I mean, obviously there's suffering and that's going to be there, but, but when it comes to your call and like how you're, meant to bring him into the world to be his, you know, you're an image bearer, right? Like how that this creativity where, you know, this way that you are creative and like God in that way is connected to, and I think comes out of your joy and what is fun. And I love that this was like, you know, the progression from this, let me say my favorite Catholic things, like just this, this is fun. This is great. Like this could never possibly be a job, but you know, like but surely not because it's fun, but, but that you gave yourself permission to do it anyway. And then lo and behold, out of all of that, I mean, that's where the name theology of home came from. I mean, all of that really just was that whole, it it started again. You know, I think of those, you think that, that vision of um, like the Mississippi river starts, you know, tiny, tiny little spring spot. And then what does it become? And I, I feel like that's, what God does with our yes. And, you know, with these little inklings and that we, you know, little threads that we're pulling on um, to sort of go deeper into something that he's got such a bigger idea for than we ever. Yeah. I love that so much. I just think that, you know, I talk to a lot of women who are trying to figure out, like you said, like, what, what am I supposed to do? What does God want for me? And um, like, just, just getting quiet in the sense of like, what, what are you drawn to? What is your heart drawn to? It's a hugely important piece. In fact, I had a conversation with a woman that was, it's really stuck with me because it was a couple of years ago now. Um, and she was convinced that she had to go to law school. Her, her children were in college and she was empty nester. And she was like, I feel like I need to go to, co- to um, law school because I've always wanted it since second grade. I've wanted to do it. And, um, and she, her husband didn't want her to do it. And it turned out the more we talked, she didn't really want to do it. And I, I was like, why are you talking about law school when it's, I can hear at the aunt, you know, the joy in her voice. She was talking about decorating. Mm. I was like, why don't you become a decorator and go follow that thread instead? It's so much like, there's so much more life in your voice. You're so mm. much more interested and animated. And it sounds like something you've been doing already for, you know, th- throughout these years. Why? And, and I think this is one of the, you know, I, I, for everything I've done in my life and, and will do, one of the things that's been most exciting is just this idea that I that I see coming out of theology of home and the lives of other women is, you know, in the Catholic Church we've made, up, you know, our the ministries that we're in so narrow. And it, I know I always felt pressure to either get a some kind of advanced degree, and of course my degree is in philosophy, but I thought it has to be there in theology, or it has to be, I have to be a, a lawyer or get in politics, and there's very narrow sort of academic. Um, parameters that I think we put on people to make them think this is how I'm going to serve the church. Mm -hmm. And 
this is what I've seen theology of home do is it sort of makes those implode and say, no, are you kidding me? You know, we, we need people in lifestyle. We need people in decor. We need people that are artists. We need people that can draw. We need people that can take photographs, you know, all of these mm-hmm. other kinds of artistic and beautiful ways um, to, yeah. to communicate the lives that we live and the beauty of them, because that's what, this is how the culture has been destroyed is we've, we've like left the, left the building. We've, we've left the terrain wide open for them to dominate and instead sort of shrunk back and said, oh, this couldn't possibly be for us. When in mm-hmm. fact, it absolutely is for us. We have to sort of get back into the culture. And so, um, so this has been a, the fun thing just from the stories that I'm hearing from women and just, you know, the sense that their lives are important and they feel seen and heard that, it, you know, in all these ways that, that, um, they haven't always felt. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that the culture more than anything is something that we need to dive back into because the culture is really the inoculation against the problems that we have. If mm-hmm. when we abandon the culture, we, we really leave people in a place where they have to figure things out themselves. And most of us just don't have the wherewithal to do that. So, we have these really great things. We have great education in the church and we have great emergency situation responses, mm-hmm. but think of how much easier it would be edu- to educate our children if the culture was healthier. Mm-hmm. You know, if you didn't have all this pushback from television shows and the Netflix and you know, all the streaming, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all of this pressure that, that um, that's put on children by the culture. And there's nothing to sort of balance that out from you know, from the church and in terms of culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I, I've just become a, the biggest advocate for, you know, why this is important that we have to get back into these things that feel fluffy and unimportant because they're actually the most important place to start. Because if we could do the culture right, then it's going to be so much easier to do mm-hmm. the other things right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, people are drawn to the beauty of what you're you know, bringing forward and God is in the beauty, right? Like, I mean, he is the author of all beauty. So and just to be able to present this place where, you know, I mean, I just think about one of the big, in my own struggle with, you know, I say just finding my own, let's say legs under me with my faith and just really owning it was, you know, the struggle to think that, well, okay, if I'm, if I'm holy, if I, if I'm trying to be a good Catholic, life's going to be boring and dull and not, not very like, Joy, like you know the idea of joy and just like beauty and these kinds of things like it looked like what the culture presented was prettier and more beautiful mm-hmm. and there wasn't anything out there especially I think for the home because I do think we have a lot of beautiful stories of like saints that are priests and religious and it's really awesome to hear those but it was very hard to to relate for someone who's a homemaker you're not seeing the be- the practical side of like what it looks like to bring bring God and the, and the beauty uh, into, into your home in a way that's drawing you in and relatable. Like you say, we've got better homes and gardens all over the place and all of the shows that are dominating and women watch all the time. And we're not up to this point, really, like you're doing it within the church, like speaking to that and, and celebrating the good that's there. Um, that's like, oh, wow. Like I can be a good Catholic and love to decorate my house. No one's going to say, wow, you're so superficial. And I can't believe you care about that stuff. And I mean, I totally have had that thought before and been like, oh my gosh, like I shouldn't care about this. Like I, this isn't, this isn't important. And it's to be able to say, wait, time out. (laughs) Like there's a reason your heart is drawn to this, that it makes you come alive, that it's like, what I think we just have to pay attention more to 
And I, I use that expression, like just what makes, what makes you come alive? What makes your heart like, oh, wow, this is fun. This is so great. I feel like so connected to my life right now in this thing I'm doing yeah. and, and not divorce it. Like just be so quick to say, well, that's my church life's over here and I go to mass and I do this, but decorating's over here. And um, mm-hmm. like, it's just, I just love what you're doing. And just this, this idea that God wants to be in all of it. Like he wants to be in all the details and, and bring joy into it. And this sense of like duty, I'm just going to be the Catholic who does the things and they check the boxes every day to like, yes, I can do the things and that's fine. But I also, uh, there's more <laughs> like there's, there's joy and God is in the details of these things. He delights in the way I delight in making my house beautiful. And there's something there. And you're just bringing this, like I say, your theology and your deep thinking gifts help us see like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's not just vanity. And I think that's one of the, you know, what you described is really kind of a puritanical approach to home, to hospitality, to evangelization, to all of these things. Because, you know, especially if you look at, you know, why do people love Europe? It's not because they built cinder block churches, you know, far from it. Like you think about mm-hmm. all the imagine imagination that went into mm-hmm. Chart Cathedral or into Saint Chapelle, you know, with all those amazing, mm-hmm. amazing, amazing stained glass windows and the light and the, you know, the way it's situated mm-hmm. on the lot so that the sun's coming in and, you know, all of those things people thought about and thought were important in terms of giving glory to God. And this is what Catholics have done for forever. You know, we're the greatest patrons of the arts in all of human history. And we're, we've somehow gotten derailed from that and, and think that there's, that these things are not connected and not important. Um, and that, you know, our homes need to be <laughs> sterile and I don't know what, um, but uh, yeah, I think that it's, it, there's something really amazing that yeah. can happen in, in a woman's heart because we pay attention to these things. I mean, all of us do even, um, it, you know, again, if you look at how magazines have got us, how women have, 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 how the culture has really overtaken us, it's through these really important um, ways that they've communicated their values to us. And, and we haven't done that. And that's what our homes can do is communicate a whole set of different set of values to people, but in joy and beauty. And I, I think that's kind of the missing piece. So that's what we've been really trying to put back together women is to help get, get rid of this puritanical sense and just embrace what's really yeah. part of the faith and, and our, who we are as, as yeah. you know, what the human nature is of women. Yeah. I love that so much. And, and I love just seeing how, how we can just bring this back to, this is the work of the Holy spirit. You know, the Holy spirit isn't this idea of like some separate thing that makes miracles happen. And, you know, we, the, the, the fire on the heads at Pentecost mm-hmm. and this separate other thing with feels kind of weird. There's some weird stuff when people think of the Holy Spirit. They're like, I'm not sure I want that, you know, Um, but that the Holy Spirit is much, much more than that. And that, you know, kind of the whole point of this, this series and obviously encouraging people to pray the novena is that the Holy Spirit is that which flows through us and brings that creativity and that joy and makes life come you know, makes us come to life alive more within our lives and helps us uncover the gifts that God's given us, like the charisms and the different yeah. things that we're meant to bring to our families and to, you know, the, the outside world. Um, and that that's something to get excited about. You know, it's not something to be afraid of. <laughs> it's not something to be like, I don't know if I want that. Um, I don't want to be talking in tongues. I'm scared yeah. of that thing. You know, like that, that God's not trying to freak you out, you know. I'm not against tongues and all that kind of stuff. I, I love it all, but I just think there's so much more. And that in what you're doing is just an example yeah. of 
of just what happens when you surrender, you know, to God's work and what the Holy Spirit does is you kind of, I mean, just, I just, I just keep coming back to you, just dare to follow that, that part of your heart that was like, this is just brings me joy and I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I'm not going to say this yeah. is unimportant. I'm going to talk about these things that are beautiful. And Yeah. It's been interesting too, though, because I think we have gotten so um, almost academic heavy in the church that people don't really know what to do with it. They're not really sure yeah. how to categorize it. They're not sure how to, mm. they don't know how to compartmentalize mm-hmm. it. And you know, the women that I know that get it, they're like, Oh, I totally get it. You know, there's just something there's they it resonates with them on a deep level. Um, which is great because we've got to feed people at, at, at different levels. I mean, it's not obviously for every single woman, but I think that there's, yeah. um, there's enough there that, that we're feeding people in a totally different way than they would get by reading an academic journal or, yeah. um, you know, something much more yeah. heavy that doesn't really speak to where they're at in their life at, at that time. Well, um, I'm just so grateful for this. I mean, just this conversation and just this way that we can just see, you know, kind of your story. I mean, was there anything else that was like on your heart to share as far as what, you know, how you've noticed? I mean, I, the thing that sticks out to me is like you said, walking backwards in the dark and just, and the Holy Spirit is guiding you. He's ahead of you. He's leading you. And it's beautiful. The journey that he has is, is good and it's beautiful and it's nothing to be afraid of. And it's a journey of surrender that, um, helps you learn to trust more. Right. And, and that's good. So, yeah. Yeah. No. And I think too, even just, um, you know, recognizing just the role that my husband has played in this as well. You know, I wouldn't be able to have done any of this without him. In fact, that he did in most of the research and development for our candles and, you know, I'm not, I don't like crap. I, you know, this is so not my wheelhouse, but I had the idea for these candles and I just thought, um, somebody has got to do them. And if no one's doing them, then I guess we have to do them because, and sure enough, I couldn't find anybody that was doing them. And now, of course, every, you know, there's a lot of people doing them now, but, um, but the, the exciting thing about it was, um, just to see how we work together as a team, um, on a certain respect and see how the Holy Spirit was moving through him and through me to get us to this point. But not only that, you know, um, the apostle that we have, as far as theology of home and, you know, our daily collection that we put out every day, there was just a certain point where I was like, I, you know, we can't justify just paying out of pocket for this and not making money. And so I knew I couldn't go nonprofit because I know I've always worked in nonprofits. I know how they work. I know that the the amount of effort that there is to keep fundraising. And I thought, why don't we start selling products? And we already had done two years of work on the candles already. So it was just this fascinating thing again, you know, where you see the Holy spirit was so far out front, um, preparing us for these pieces to fit, you know, just interlock so easily together, um, such that we, uh, you know, we stopped bleeding and, um, started actually making some income and, you know, you know, with any small business, it's growing and, you know, it takes five or six years and we're in our fourth year, um, going in our fourth year for things to really stabilize. But, again, you can just, it's, it's been really beautiful to see all these things that we didn't expect and we didn't plan and anticipate, but that have really, you know, worked because of who my husband is and who I am. And our children, you know, have been involved in it too. And it's just a great gift to them to help them to understand the value of a dollar and, you know, the heart goes into things and, and all of that. So, yeah, I, I think that's been the beautiful thing. You know, you see that with the Holy Spirit is a gift isn't just given to us. It's given it's not really, I, this priest I knew used to always say, it's it's not really our gift until we give it away. Um, 
and I always think about that, you know, when I receive something or when I know I have a gift, like, am I giving this away? Am I using this in a way that's helping and benefiting and blessing other people? Um, so yeah, I think that's ultimately what we're called to do on so many different levels with so many different layers of people in our lives. Um, even those that we may never know who, who it is that we're touching. Um, but exciting that, that that's how the Holy spirit works um, through all that mystery. Yeah. It's so good. There is so much mystery. And I think it's just to keep moving and to not be in this paralysis of like, you know, but that he's ahead of you. So just keep walking. He's going to direct you. He's going to guide your steps and you're not alone. And you might just be pleasantly surprised, most likely, by what happens as you just keep moving in faith and trust, just like you have been. So, um, Carrie, I'm so grateful. I'm just so grateful for just getting a little glimpse of your story and just how the Holy Spirit has been moving through all the the beautiful things that you have been doing as you've just continued to walk in just faithfulness to God. And I know I speak for many, and I just say thank you for that. Thank you for just that witness of your life and just for cooperating with the Holy Spirit and all that you do. So. Um, thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful. My pleasure. It's been great to be with you. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening today and uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye.